Welcome and Merry Christmas, everyone. Those of you in the upper room, Merry Christmas. We see you. We love you. If you're out in the lobby, Merry Christmas. We see you. We love you as well. My name is Marvin. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and it is great 
to worship with you. It is great to celebrate Jesus and the hope and the warmth that he gives us. So great to be with you. If you are here for the first time or if you're here for the thousandth time or more, we just want to say thank you for being with us this evening. We love, love that you are here. But really, especially if you are a visitor or a guest, we want to say welcome. Thank you so much for choosing to spend Christmas time here with us at Christian Assembly. And we would love for you to find your way back after our Christmas services. Uh, you can help us to identify you. We'd love to call you. We'd love to get to know you a little bit more. There's a uh, connection card, and that's in the seat in front of you. So you want to grab that connection card and fill that out, drop it in the offering bag. Someone on our staff team will call you this week. We want to say thank you. We want to say we love you. We want to pray for you. And we want to hear more of your story as well. There's also a new people table, and that's out in the lobby back there. And uh, there's a free gift for you tonight just as a way of saying thank you so much for being with us. Well, have you ever wished that things were different in your life? Maybe you thought, maybe you wish that you were different. Well, in January, we're going to uh, tackle a brand new sermon series entitled Miracle Growth, Miracle Grow, God's Plan for Growing Something Greater in You. Each week in January, over five weeks, we're going to discover core principles from God's Word uh, as to how we can grow spiritually. So I encourage you to come on out, be a part of this new sermon series in January, and bring somebody with you as we look at how to grow spiritually. Start your year strong by bringing somebody with you to this new sermon series. Speaking of starting the year off strong, next weekend we'll be hosting our New Year's Eve services, and that's going to be happening Saturday night and Sunday morning at our regular service times, 6 p.m. on Saturday, 9 a.m. and 11.15 a.m. on Sunday morning. We hope that you would come out and be with us on New Year's Eve weekend. All of our services will be taking place right here in our South Sanctuary, so there will be no services across the street in the North Sanctuary. So come on out and be with us for New Year's Eve services here. Fusion, our 18 to 35-year-old community, will be hosting a worship night that same night on New Year's Eve, December 31st. And that's going to be happening from 6 to 7 p.m. And that will be happening across the street in our North Sanctuary. So if you are 18 to 35, come on out and celebrate with other 18 to 35-year-olds and worship the Lord on New Year's Eve. And for the men out there, I see a lot of guys here. All right, it's a little, it's a little so-so. But I know you're going to bring it on January 10th when we have our men's gathering. We're going to be hearing from God's word through our pastor, Mark Pickerel. We're going to be having a time of worship together, just men in this room. It is a powerful time, guys. So would you join me? Would you join Tom and so many others on January 10th, 7 p.m. in this room? Start your year with the men of Christian Assembly. To find out more about our church, to find out more about all of the things I mentioned, you can look at your bulletin, you can look on our app, and on our website. Those are really good sources of information. Well, at this time, uh, we're going to prepare our hearts to worship by giving of our tithes and offerings. And I just want to say, if you are new, if you are visiting, feel no obligation to give during this time. If you do choose to give, I just want to say thank you so much for doing that to our Christian Assembly family. We say it every weekend, but we just want to say thank you for your ongoing generosity. Before I call our ushers forward. I'm going to read from God's word over us. Luke chapter 2 and verse 11 says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Would you pray with me? So, Lord, we thank you so much that you did come and be with us, Lord. Thank you that we get to celebrate you this day and forever in our hearts, Lord. And so, Lord, as we Set our hearts to worship you. Would you meet us in our place of worship? Would you bless those that came to this service, whether it's for the first time or whether it's returning for many, many times, Lord? Thank you so much for being the God that is with us, Lord. We love you, we serve you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you may come. By partnering with Compassion, Christian Assemblies extending God's kingdom around the world. This year, their generosity in the name of Jesus has brought clean water, Bibles, and discipleship to the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, Brazil, and the Philippines. Let's celebrate what God is doing. In the Dominican Republic, Iglesia de Dios's discipleship efforts were being limited by the size of their facilities. Your generosity funded two new children's classrooms, you help provide Bibles for their discipleship efforts, and you're caring for their physical needs too. 
The church recently completed a borehole and cistern project that provides clean, reliable drinking water to the church staff and households of 330 children. In Nicaragua, two Compassion Church partners don't yet have access to a consistent source of clean water. You're funding clean water wells that will benefit 656 Compassion participants by spring. Pastor Carlos anticipates that the arrival of clean water will also create a thirst for living water. He's eager to the sack of this community as they come to the well. Creo que el alcance y cobertura de esta intervención sería enorme. Across Brazil, children are already benefiting from your investment in Bible distribution and discipleship. Nayana from Assemblia de Dios wants you to know that God has used you to grow the number of children they're reaching. Over 330 youths and their families are benefiting from water filtration systems funded by your generosity. The planned borehole well has been delayed due to the presence of heavy metals in the soil, but Compassion and the Church are working with local officials on a new plan to deliver reliable, clean drinking water. Finally, in the Philippines, staff at 20 churches will soon be bringing Sawyer water filters and clean water training to over 4,000 families. Thanks to your generosity, Sea Gentles of Christ Ministries now has a borehole and reservoir to provide safe water to staff and the households of 320 Compassion participants. And your partnership is making discipleship efforts more consistent by providing a safe, dry place where children can meet even when it's raining. Thank you, Christian Assembly, for extending God's kingdom in each of these countries. Como iglesia, en nombre de la iglesia, yo digo gracias, hermanos, gracias, porque son objetos eh, a través del cual Dios ha usado. Muito obrigada a todos que se envolveram nesta tão grande obra que Deus nos abençoe e recompense. Salamat ko da ko sa compasión na pinagilila na tabangan mi sa Christian. Assembly Church. Uh... Well, I want to say welcome and add the greetings to those that you've already received. Merry Christmas to all of you who are gathered here, as well as all of you who are joining us online, whether you're finding us on YouTube or through the app. What an honor to have you here with us. And I love you, church. I've been praying for you. If you're a visitor guest, I've been praying for you as well. The video that you just saw recaps the projects that we announced last Christmas and we've completed throughout 2023 uh, clean water, Bibles, and discipleship. And they were giving you the numbers of children that are going to benefit through the Compassion Projects. But not only do the children benefit, but their siblings do, their parents do as well. So when you add all the families in all together across all the projects, uh, 25,000 people are going to have access, do have access to clean water because of what we did together last Christmas. And those projects have unfolded over the last 12 months. And I just want to say amazing uh, thank you on behalf of everybody that that you've served all around the world. And so, yay God for that, right? Yes, excited about that. Well, Jesus says that when you've done it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto me. So this year, due to your ongoing generosity, we prayerfully considered uh, what birthday gifts we might give to Jesus, right? I mean, it's, it's his birthday, and so we want to we wanna bring a birthday gift by caring for those locally and globally. There are five different projects that I'm going to walk us through that we are doing this year. Just so you know, this is the highest number of projects with the widest reach that we've ever done or attempted to do in the history of our church. The first project is that we're going to be investing in university students in Ethiopia. Uh, that 
college ministry that is there called Ivasu is one of the largest in the world, reaching 50,000 university students across 176 different campuses. We will be doing a matching gift of $26,000, which will help the staff raise money in country to strengthen and support their work. And by the way, $26,000 goes a really long way in Ethiopia. It's the equivalent of 13 full-time salaries for a middle-class person. And so we're able to leverage that because of the differences of the U.S. and Ethiopian economy. So we're going to be investing globally in university students. Second, we will be helping people experiencing homelessness right here in Los Angeles. Uh, A year ago, we announced that we would be sponsoring 10 tiny homes right here in the Arroyo Seco tiny home village. And so there's, uh, to sponsor them, it's 3,000 a year. And uh, we did 10 of them, so it's $30,000. And so that money has already happened, but now we're renewing that for another year because we've seen some people, even people that, stories that are contained in a magazine that we just put out, um, that were living in tents on sidewalks and Highland Park, and now are not, and now have transitioned even into permanent housing. And as we continue to monitor that, um, my prayerful hope is that we'll be able to expand as we make certain that these efforts are actually helping people long term and not just in the short term as well. But we will be doing that again this year. Thirdly, we'll be investing in Hume Lake Christian Camps We're going to be giving a gift of $75,000 to Hume Lake Christian Camps as part of our commitment to help people in California hear and respond to the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ. The money's going to be used for equipment upgrades and camp repairs, camper scholarships, giving Bibles to campers that don't have them. Uh, Just so you know, this past year, Hume had 50,000 people come to their camps, and most of them were in California, though some were also in New England, and so we're investing heavily right here into our own students, kids, and adults. The fourth one is that we are going to partner with the YouVersion Bible app. How many of you have ever heard of the YouVersion Bible app? Pop your hand up. Okay, now, here's the deal. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. YouVersion runs no ads, and it's completely donor-supported. It costs $50 million a year to run that ad. 800 million people have downloaded it onto their phones. It's all being supported by donors. No ads, no corporations, just donors. So I called them up and we talked as a council and I said, all right, well, we don't have $50 million to give you, but what if we sponsored you for three days? $137,000 per day for three days, $411,000. And it got approved by our council. I wanna explain to you what's gonna happen in the three days that we sponsor version. 55.2 million people will open the Bible in just those three days. This includes people from every single nation on planet Earth. In other words, our sponsorship is going to cost less than one penny per person per day that they open the Bible. In addition to that, those 55.2 million people are going to read 427 million chapters of the Bible when they open the app. 681,000 free digital Bibles will be downloaded all across the planet because of our support. This simply is one of the most cost-effective ways to get God's Word to everyone, everywhere, every day, including a teenager in CHLA that I went to pray for who was a brain tumor. He didn't even know we were considering this. I said, how are you meeting with God these days? He said, through the YouVersion Bible app, I read the verse of the day every day, and God is meeting me, including through a woman who recently lost her husband, and she shared with me how the U, she didn't even know we were considering this, how the YouVersion Bible app is helping her meet with God in the midst of one of the most challenging seasons. And so we will be sponsoring YouVersion for three days. As we get into 2024, I'll tell you which three days we'll have an opportunity to pray and we'll hear videos back of people's lives who have been impacted. Fifth and finally, we will be doing clean water Bibles and discipleship projects just like the video that you just saw. In 2024, 
we will be completing 15, more than double of last year, 15 total projects benefiting an additional over 25,000 different people in four countries. This will be in the Dominican Republic, Colombia, Ethiopia, and Uganda. The cost for these 15 projects is $609,000. Now listen, that's a lot of money. I get it, it's a lot of money. But I want you to hear this. That works out to only $25.38 per person to give them ongoing clean water for decades. Plus Bibles for those who don't have one and discipleship funds in their local church so that they can grow in Christ. So if you've given less than a penny this year, you're helping somebody on planet Earth open the Bible through the app. And if you've given $25.38, your $25.38 might be helping someone get clean water for all of 2024 and the Bible and also discipleship. The total for all of these projects is $1.15 million dollars. This is the largest number of kingdom projects we've ever undertaken in a single year. It is impacting more people than we have ever impacted in the history of our church. And all of this that I just shared is on top of our normal blue bucket giving. By the way, if you weren't here with us during our Thanksgiving uh, services, I want to encourage you to grab a copy of this new magazine that we just put out. You can stop by the new people's table and get it. It has 60 plus pages of changed lives over the last 12 months. Too many stories for me to be able to tell you right now, but I want you to grab it, take it with you, read it, um, and, and just be encouraged by all that God is doing as we continue to serve the least the last, the lost, both locally and globally, meeting physical as well as spiritual needs of people of literally every tribe, every tongue, every nation, as we do our part to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Can we give God an applause for all that he's doing? God, we thank you. This is your work, Lord. We thank you for it. Well, true story, it's Saturday, March 5th, 1994 in Salt Lake City Library. And a deputy sheriff just happened to be there that day named Lloyd Prescott, and he was teaching a class for police officers that day in the library. And as he stepped into the hallway, he noticed a gunman in the library hurting 10 hostages into a room, down a, down a hallway, into a room. And he saw the gun, he saw it going on, and with a flash of insight, Prescott, who was dressed in street clothes, stepped into the group as the 11th hostage, followed them into the room, and closed the door. After a series of unmet demands, the gunman announced the order in which the hostages would be executed. And Prescott, at just the right moment, disarmed the man, and all of the hostages were freed and released unharmed. You see, at their greatest moment of need, those hostages needed someone to come be with them, to do for them what they could not do for themselves. In many ways, that's the story of Christmas, isn't it? Held hostage, unable to free ourselves, we need someone to step into our midst. We need someone to come to, to be with us, namely Jesus, who's Emmanuel, which means God with us, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. But let me ask you, what does it look like when God is actually with you, when God is actually with us? What does it look like through the long arc of our life? How does God come to meet us, not only in holy moments, but in every moment? to meet us right where we are in every season of life, no matter what life might bring our way. We're gonna consider that, but before we do, let's pray. God, we do thank you for your goodness, and I pray now and ask that you would lead both those of us that are spiritually convinced and those who are spiritually unconvinced that you would bring us to complete commitment to Jesus Christ. God, as we come to your word, we gather to celebrate your birthday, Jesus. And so happy birthday. We also gather so we can learn how to know you and have your life-transforming message impact us and use us 
in our families, in our schools, in our workplaces, in this city, in the nation, in the globe. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. On your way in, hopefully you got a bulletin. If you did, you can flip it open to this little center section. You'll see the teaching notes that are there that you can fill out as we go throughout our time together. You can also see the scriptures that are there directly from God's word as we go. Well, if there were ever two people who experience all of what it means for God to be with us through both the highs and lows of life, it was Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Joseph. With our time, what I want to do is I want us to see how God came to meet Mary and Joseph in five different ways throughout their life, beginning with the very first Christmas that will help us have eyes to see how God will come to meet us as well, right here, right now, where we are as well. The very first thing we see is this, is that God meets Mary with living promises from the past. Earlier, we heard a part of the Christmas story that was read from Matthew 1. And part of what Matthew 1 said was that all of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the prophet. You see, God doesn't just suddenly drop Jesus out of heaven to earth. He prepares us for his coming hundreds and even thousands of years ahead of time with the words from the prophets contained in the Old Testament. And Matthew cites Isaiah 7, verse 14. But a little bit later on in that same book of Isaiah, we get these additional promises from the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. He says this, For a child has been born to us, a son is given. Authority rests upon his shoulders. He is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You see, God met Mary and Joseph on that very first Christmas with a promise from the past But it's also how God comes to meet us this Christmas as well. Now, why would that be the case? Because God's promises are both timeless and timely. They're they're good for both first century Judea and 21st century Los Angeles as well. What promise from God's word do you need to hear and trust from God this Christmas? Maybe you're coming and And you need guidance this Christmas. You've got some decisions to make. And there's a promise available to you that God with us in Jesus is the wonderful counselor who by his word and spirit this Christmas can help you know what he wants you to do because of how he came on that very first Christmas. Or, Or maybe you're coming and you feel weary and you need fresh strength. Well, you can turn to Almighty God. Jesus, the Almighty One who has come. Or maybe you need genuine love. You can turn to Jesus, who's united with the One and the Eternal, Everlasting Father. Some of you need to hear this. Your biological Father may have let you down in life, but Jesus shows us that our Heavenly Father will never let us down if we come to Him. Others of you, maybe you're coming and and you need peace in the midst of an uncertain world. I mean, who doesn't need that? We all need that. Get to know and spend time with Jesus for He is the Prince of Peace. And what He promised His first disciples is available to us too if we would follow Him. As He said to them in John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. The second way we see God coming to be with Mary is this, is that God meets Mary with fresh faith for the present. The Bible says that faith comes from the hearing of God's word. So even as you're hearing God's word spoken to you, God might catalyze faith in you as you lean in and as you receive it. Luke captures the encounter that Mary has on the very first Christmas this way. He records this in Luke 1, verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what type of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. A little later, it says, How will this be, Mary asked 
the angel, since I am a virgin. A little later, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come to you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And Mary responded by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Let me ask you, have you ever felt perplexed or confused or even troubled by God's plan? You ever felt that way? If so, put your hand up. I have, right? If you, if you were like, I've never felt that way, it's because you don't know God. Like you just, as you know God, it's like, that's a little confusing. That's a little, I don't know how this is going to work out. Yeah, Mary felt that way too. And me too. And I want you to hear that you don't have to fully understand God's plan to trust God's character. You don't have to fully understand His plan to trust His plan. By faith, you can trust God's character while you wait for the unfolding of God's plan. That's the whole message and point of the angel's message to Mary, that the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid. You see, God comes to meet us right where you are with just what you need. We can think, well, yeah, but Tom, that's Mary, and that's not me. But notice that Jesus was named Emmanuel, which means God with us, not God with Mary. We're included in the story. Jesus at Christmas is, is like that, that sheriff's officer, Lloyd Prescott, who saw the hostages in trouble, in our sin, in our evil, who were being held hostages to dark spiritual forces that work against us, and he stepped in line and came to be with us. But not only to be with us, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves, to rescue us and give us freedom. In the 1600s, there was a, a famous Christian monk, he maybe wasn't famous then, but he's famous now, named Brother Lawrence. And I love what he wrote reflecting on both the reality of God meeting us where we are, but also our active role in meeting with God by faith. He said this, quote, We cannot avoid the danger in the reefs of which this life is full without the real and constant help of God. Let us ask God for that help without ceasing. How can we ask Him without being with Him? And how can we be with Him without often thinking of Him? And how can we often think of Him without forming a holy habit of doing so? This Christmas, God can meet you right where you are and give you right what you need, filled with fresh faith to do your part for God's unfolding plan in your life. The third thing we see is this, is that God meets Mary through her commitment to gather with others to worship God. After Jesus is born, Mary and Joseph, they take the time, the energy, the effort to go to be part of the worshiping community of God by going to worship God at the temple. They had to park far away at a local target and they had to walk a block because there were other people at the temple. They, they weren't the only ones that God gathered to the temple, but, but they did, and they didn't complain about the one-block walk from, <laughs> from the Target temple to come to the House of God temple. And while they were there, they meet a guy, Simeon, who God uses to speak to them about Jesus. But then they also meet a woman named Anna, who says in Luke chapter 2, verse 38, at the moment she came... Speaking of Anna, she began to praise God and to speak about, the, uh, about Jesus to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. God promises throughout the Bible to meet us as we seek Him and we worship Him with our whole heart. And part of that includes God's call for us to gather every week with Him in worship. I want to tell you that weekly communal worship, it isn't my idea. I didn't come up with it. The church didn't come up with it. It's God's idea, and it's His call to us because He loves you, because He wants to meet with you, and because it's good for you. So many of you, I know you do this each and every week. You've seen how God meets you and, and strengthens you and encourages you and teaches you from God's Word and builds you up by His community each time you do. But maybe others of you, this might be your very first time ever in a, a worship gathering, and I want to encourage you for your own good to make the commitment this Christmas to gather together with us each weekend to worship God. I'll tell you right now, you give God one year of gathering every single weekend, and you see if He doesn't radically change your life. One year, bit by bit, 52 times, your life will be radically different 
12 months from now as God grows fresh and new things in your life. In fact, Hebrews 10 verse 24 says it this way, And let us consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. But I want you to hear that worship isn't only about what we receive, it's also about what we give. You might be the person that God wants to use as a Simeon or an Anna in someone else's story to encourage them, to strengthen them, to build them up. God met both Mary and Joseph in their commitment to be in worship together with others, and he does the same for each one of us each week that make that commitment as well. In fact, I had someone who is new to the life of our church who pledged to come and be part of just worshiping, and one of the things she said was, I don't know how it happens, but all I know is that when I come and then I leave, I somehow feel bigger and stronger to face life with God. She's like, I don't even know what type of magic fairy dust you sprinkle. I'm like, I don't sprinkle anything. It's the promise of God coming and saying, where two or three gather in my name, I will be with you as well. Brings us to the fourth thing, which is this, is that God meets Mary in her darkest moments with the power of God-given relationships. 30 years have now passed since Jesus is born. God has indeed been with Mary in these last three decades, but now Jesus, her son, is on the cross. There's no mention any longer of Joseph anymore. Mary is most certainly probably a widow at this point. Jesus is in anguish on the cross, not just in pain, but in excruciating pain. In fact, our word in the English, excruciating, comes from the word crucifixion. The two are synonymous. And notice what Jesus, God with us, does in Mary's darkest moment. In John 19, verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, so Jesus is on the cross. And the disciple whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Notice here that in Mary's darkest moment, Jesus sees her. And he sees you. And he sees me in our darkest moments too. In our darkest moments, we can wonder in anguish, God, where are you? We can even wonder, God, who are you? And at Christmas and on the cross, Jesus, God with us, answers, where am I? I'm right here with you. I too have suffered. I know what it feels like. I get you and I see you. Who am I? I am the God who sees you. And do you notice what else he does? He, he doesn't just see Mary. He then gives her comfort in the provision of a relationship with John, one of his disciples. Now, after Mary had Jesus, she later had other, other sons with Joseph. But Jesus chose John to provide and care for Mary after his death. Why? Well, most likely it's because Jesus' brothers at that point had not become believers. In fact, they didn't become believers in Jesus until after his resurrection, according to John chapter 7, verse 5. So Jesus entrusts Mary's care to John, a believer who was present rather than even to her other sons born after Jesus who were not present. What I can tell you from my own life and my own walk with God is that in my darkest moments, after my wife and I had a miscarriage, when my dad went to be with the Lord after his third battle with cancer, when my mom passed away in 2020 and went to be with the Lord, through other ups and downs, Christ has met me and letting me know that he's with me and sees me. But also, he did that, most primarily through other God-given relationships that he called people to be with me in the midst of my seasons of grief. Other Christians who showed up, not to give me any answers, sometimes they just brought pizza and we cried together. And it was some of the most holy pizza I've ever had. 
Our pain is real, but Christmas teaches us that so is the care of God and God's presence with us. Often Jesus comes to be with us through one of his followers. In fact, God's word, the Bible, calls his followers Jesus' body, using that metaphor. This Christmas, maybe you're in a season of darkness, great grief or pain, and like you feel like, you know, I'm kind of like Mary at the cross. And like Mary at the cross, I want to assure you that Jesus is God with us, not just in the good times, but in all times. Not just when things are great, but when they're excruciatingly hard. Or maybe you're not in your darkest moment. Instead, maybe you're the person that God wants to use this Christmas to care for and encourage someone else. Look around you. Even here. Even now. Who is the person that God might be pointing out to you to encourage before you even leave this campus? Who do you know that God is saying to you, you, you are the person that I want to use in their life to help them know that I see them, that I love them, and that I'm with them. Now church, I know that so many of you are doing this so well, and I'm proud of you for it. God is with us and meets us even in our darkest moments, often through God-given relationships But I also want you to know that thank God that with God, our darkest moments aren't the end of our story. It brings us to the fifth point, which is this, is that God meets Mary with indestructible resurrection joy for the future. Three days after his death, Jesus gets up out of the tomb. Having paid the penalty for our sin, he defeats death and he's resurrected to new and indestructible life. With God, because of Jesus, the worst thing is never the last thing. Three days earlier, Mary could not imagine that in her darkest moment, God was doing His greatest work. By the time we get to the book of Acts, we see Mary and God with her in times of prayer. But now with the full knowledge of the resurrection and the unshakable joy for the future because of what Jesus Christ has done. In fact, Acts chapter 1, verse 14 says, The disciples all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. His brothers had now become believers after the resurrection. God has been with Mary from the very start to finish, from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows and back again. God has been with Mary not just in one holy moment, but in many moments in many different ways through every season of life. And not just in the one-on-one moments, but often when she gathered in community to worship God as well. And because Jesus is God with us, he can do the same for me and he can do the same for you no matter the season of your life. I love how the famous preacher, 19th century pastor, Charles Spurgeon once said it. He said, quote, Emmanuel, God with us. God with us in our nature, in our sorrow, in our life work, in our punishment, in our grave, and now with us, or rather we with Him, by placing our faith in Him, in resurrection, in ascension, in triumph, in second coming splendor. At Christmas, Jesus dressed Himself in street clothes or swaddling claws, actually. And He entered our world, joining us, because apart from Him, we were held hostage to sin and to evil and to death. And why did He do that? Why did He enter in in such a vulnerable position so that being held hostage to our sin, our evil, our spiritual enemy, the devil, held hostage to death so that that would not be the end of the story for all who come to Him by faith in Jesus Christ. At Christmas, God came in Jesus to be with us, a bit like Lloyd Prescott did on that day in the Salt Lake City Library for those hostages, to rescue us, to save us as we place our faith in Him, to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. God with us was determined on the very first Christmas, but us with God? That can only be determined one person at a time as we come to Him by faith. Let's pray. God, I pray that You would now apply Your Word that You are God with us. On your way in, you got a response card. I want you to go ahead and grab it. Even if you're like, I don't know if I'll need it, grab it anyways because 
I want to use it to help us focus on what God might be calling us to respond to. And you'll see there two different categories, your decision or your next step. And so God, even now, I pray that you would call us like the shepherds, like the wise men, like the angels, like Mary and Joseph to respond to the good news that you have come. For some of you, your decision today, whether you're online or here in person, is that you need to make a first-time decision to place your personal faith in Jesus Christ, to say yes to him. Apart from Jesus Christ, you cannot be saved. The wages of sin are death. We've all sinned, all fallen short of the glory of God, and there is only one name under heaven by which you can be saved, and it is Jesus. And you can call out to him and ask him to save you And renew and redeem you, and he will. And so if that's you, for the very first time, you can pray and say, God, I'm saying yes. I'm making a decision to place my hope and trust in Jesus Christ. Save me this Christmas. Others of you, maybe you've made that decision before, but but you've drifted away. Maybe your decision needs to be that you're renewing your commitment to Jesus Christ. And we want to help you in that renewed commitment. If that's you, you can say, God... I've kind of wandered, and I I don't want to wander. I want to stay close with you. This Christmas, I'm renewing my commitment to you. Maybe others of you, you, you want to investigate faith, but you don't know where to begin, and you need some help. And even if you don't even know if you think God is real, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer I prayed when I didn't know if God was real. I just prayed this, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And if you're not, I just wasted 10 seconds of my breath. I prayed that as a teenager. And God heard that prayer. And God revealed himself to me. And I believe if you pray that prayer humbly now, God will reveal himself to you as well. So for you, maybe that's your prayer and you could just check that that decision box as well. Others of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, God doesn't only invite those who don't know him to respond, but invites those of us who do to respond as well. Maybe for some of you, you need to look at those next steps. Maybe you've never been baptized. I'm going to encourage you, your next step might be to sign up to be baptized, and we'll follow up with you in 2024 and have that be the year that you follow Jesus in that step of obedience. Maybe you want to find a life group. You're a follower of Jesus, but you feel a little bit alone, and and you're not doing life with others, the Christ-centered life with others. I want to encourage you to do that check that box still others maybe you've been coming but you've become a spiritual consumer i had a guy say to me this week i think covid and and just being online made me a spiritual consumer i want to start serving again maybe that's what god's calling you to do and lastly maybe it's for you to learn about growth opportunities so god now as we hold these cards in our hand which one of these decisions or next steps are you calling us to make as you meet with us even now I'm just going to give you a moment between you and God to fill out that card. God loves you for the very first time. You might need to respond to that love. God loves you. Maybe you responded before, but you need to renew your commitment. God loves you. Maybe you need to begin to investigate faith. God loves you. Maybe you need your next step to be baptized, to find a life group, to find a place to serve or to grow. Go ahead and fill out the card. And as you do that, those of you that are making decisions will pray in a moment. But when you exit, there will be buckets at the exits, white buckets you can drop the card in, and one of our pastoral team members will follow up with you in the new year. And so, Lord, in these final moments before we transition, if there's anybody who's on the fence, draw them to yourself, I pray. For those of you who are saying yes to God for the very first time, I welcome you into the family of God. For those of you that have been in a prodigal season, you're coming home, may God throw a robe around your shoulder, a ring on your finger, kill a fatted calf and have a celebration. For those of you investigating faith, May God reveal himself to you as you pledge yourself to investigate. 
So as you fill the cards out, you can drop them in the exits. Historically, throughout the church and really globally, there's been a, a practice of this candle that's lit. It's called the Christ candle. Because Jesus said that I am the light of the world. And then he said to his followers, now you also are part of the light of the world. And so historically what is done and we're about to do it is that as the lights get dim, this one candle, the light will begin to spread. Now I want to give you a few tips, little pro tips on how to do this. As the candle light spreads, if your candle is lit, you keep it upright. If your candle is not lit, that's the one that dips. Because the darkness bows to the light. And hot wax hurts when it drips on your hand. So it's theologically correct. It's practically correct. And so there are uh, candles under your seat. And so even now, Jesus, the light of the world, we thank you for coming. We thank you that you are God with us. We thank you that those who have lived in darkness have seen a great light. And we thank you that as we come to you by faith, that we get to be included in your kingdom. That we too, by your word, get to become part of the light. Part of the light that helps people know your word. Part of the light that helps homeless people get off the street. That helps students and kids hear your word through camps. That helps university students in Ethiopia know the goodness of God. That that helps people who don't have clean water all over the globe have clean water because of what you have done, God, with us. And so God, be with us, be in us, use us, and let us be included in your kingdom. Thank you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, you can come. Jesus, thank you.